So you know where we're going to start with a little update. As I'm recording this, it is Tuesday, October 3rd, and this is coming out on the 17th of October. So just a couple weeks ahead of time, if you are listening to this, obviously in real time, you might be listening to it further in the future, in which case, just fast forward through this. But the road trip is almost over. And in fact, today is going to be kind of the last day tomorrow, I will be driving a little bit further. So I have a little bit of driving yet to do to drop off my little Fiat 500 that I've been tooling around Scotland in. And I'm sort of sad. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I want to stay in one place, but I've also loved being in so many places all over Scotland. It has been such an incredible journey. Of course, I'm not finished with Scotland yet since I'll be here for another, at least another month and before I go down to England. Um, so I will be, um, I'll kind of update you on that here in a bit. But yeah, I'm. it's just been so much fun to be in, in the different areas, listening to the different regional accents of the Scots and to kind of just see the different landscape. It's been quite the journey. Um, it's been good. There's no doubt about it. I am tired of moving around, um, but I have loved it in so many ways because of all the incredible places I've been, all the things I've done, all the people that I've met. It has been such a wonderful journey, and I'm definitely going to do this again. There's no doubt about it. It may be a, a look a little different, maybe staying in places a little bit longer. Um, I have this thing in my head right now that I want a car here. Like I, I want to like own a car or have it not, you know, have, be able to like rent a car long term and and not have it be, you know, so expensive, kind of find a way around some things. So um, because obviously I, I very much love Scotland. It is such an incredible country um, with incredible people. So yeah, so I'm actually not sitting in my bed. I'm sitting next to the bed on the floor and I'm actually having a gin and tonic because it's about, it's 4.30, it's five o'clock somewhere and it's five o'clock in Italy. So close enough for me. And I actually have some gin I kind of need to finish up. So um, so I'm going to have a little gin and tonic while I uh, record this episode. So hopefully I won't get tipsy, but um, I had a good late lunch. So got good food on my belly. So I should be good. That's where things are as far as the life update. The other thing is, as I sort of teased out, I am going to be spending some time in England. I am specifically as of probably about the second week of November, I am going to be in the Lake District of England. Um, and I'm very, very much looking forward to that. I will be on um, kind of, I think it's uh, Windermere Lake. So I'm going to be in that area. I will not have a car. So uh, I've got a place booked for a while. So I'll be there for about a month. It'll take me into mid-December. And that's as far as I've gotten so far. I do need to get something planned for the holidays. And I can't decide if I want to stay in England or come back up here to Scotland. So, um, But I am going to spend some time in the Lake District. And I'm very excited because it's a place that's been on my list for a while. But I've never wanted to go in the, in the really busy season, like which would be probably more like at least May through September. So by going in November and even into December should be really nice. Yes, 
the days will be shorter. It could be colder, but I could end up with some bright skies, um, just kind of clear cold weather, which will be great for getting out on some walks. And I understand that they actually kind of have some little Christmassy kind of festive things going on. So I think it's going to get me in the spirit, which I think I'm going to need this year. So, okay, those are my updates. I'm not going to babble on anymore. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome to the Wonder Your Way Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Neiman. I'm here to help you travel to Europe, to explore off the tourist track destinations, dig a bit deeper into those well-known places, offer up some tips so you can travel with peace of mind, and of course, to share a few stories. It's my hope to inspire you to travel to Europe, your way. Buenos dias, bonjour, buongiorno, guten morgen, any other way that you want to say good morning or good day to my wondering friend out there. Yes, we are diving into some language stuff. And what I like to call this is traveling in another language. So I want to offer up some tips for when you, and this probably primarily goes to my English-speaking audience, my English-speaking primarily English, who that's their first language. So the Americans, the Canadians, the Australians, the Brits, the Irish, the Scottish, because I think that's what they speak most of the time. There are a few people I've run into I haven't been able to understand. <laughs> but um, anyway, I digress. We are going to talk about what kind of tips, suggestions, recommendations I have when you do travel to a place where English is not the first language spoken. So I always refer to this as traveling in another language, because I think a lot of people get intimidated when they go to a country where they're not sure how they're going to communicate because they're going to Italy, they're going to Spain or Portugal or Poland, or Austria. Fill in any country that doesn't speak English first. And a lot of people kind of go, what do I do? What do I do if I can't, you know, if they don't speak English? And that's what I want to do is I want to give you some tips to ease your mind so that that's not something that keeps you from going to a country you really want to go to. If you really, really want to go to Germany, go to Germany and know that Sure, you might be in some places where they don't speak English. Some people do. So the first thing that I just want to put out there is do not, the first tip is do not make the assumption that people will speak English where you're going. Now, here's a few things that I want to tell you, though. First of all, there are some countries, I'm looking at the Scandinavian countries, that will most likely, their population, their citizens will speak English as well. And that's because they learn it when they're little, little wee ones in school. They learn English. If you've ever met a Dutch person, you know, somebody from the Netherlands, their English is probably better than yours. <laughs> so they're really good. I think I might have mentioned how I met some some Danish people back in my last uh, couple of nights there in Italy. Their English was really well, good. Norwegians, the Swedish, the Finns, um, you know, almost everybody that I've met from those countries, they do speak English. Some of the older generation, maybe not so much, 
But most people who are probably sort of middle age ish, you know, maybe 50 to 60 on down, probably will speak English at least a little bit. That's kind of one thing to put out there. However, that's just some of the countries. I will say that when you do visit places that are heavily touristed, think about places like Florence, Italy. Uh, think about maybe a place like Berlin, Germany. Think about Paris, even uh, France. They most likely you're going to find someone that will speak some English in those heavily touristed areas especially when you're then going to those heavily visited sites. So when you're going to the Louvre in Paris, if you're going to the Uffizi Museum in Florence, more than likely you are going to find people there that do speak English. However, Wonder Your Way is all about kind of getting to some of those lesser visited kind of off the main tourist track destinations, sites, and you may go into places where they don't speak English. So do not assume that people speak English. Remember, you are in their country. They are not required to speak English. So don't make the assumption that they will. And that's where my next tips are going to help you kind of navigate through that. So that's that first tip. Don't assume that they will speak English. You might get pretty lucky, you might not. Okay, so tip number two is to learn a few words in the local language. I always feel like it's a good idea to learn at least a few pleasantries. Hello and goodbye, please and thank you. You're welcome. I think that it's good to know words for things like exit and entrance, maybe asking where the toilet is, where the bathroom is. That's always a good one to know. If you're driving, knowing words that you're going to need for driving, directional words, maybe words for street or road, um, highway, city. Those are all words that are good to know if you're going to be driving. Obviously, like be prepared to like be in a restaurant or in a shop. So like how much is this? Or, you know, maybe some words for some of the foods, you know, saying, you know, I would like to have, I want to order, um, I want, um, although I would like is a little bit more pleasant. So some of those words are good to know as well. And the way to learn some of that is to maybe get on one of these apps or sites where you can start to learn some of the words and you can start to hear them as well. I think it's really important to get your ears kind of tuned in to some of it. I tend to be a little bit more visual. I've used a program called Fluenz that I really like because I like to see the word as well so that I can associate it. And I that way I can kind of see it in my head when I'm trying to find it. <laughs> it sort of pops up in my head. A lot of other people are fine just having it all be audio. So things like Babbel and Duolingo are two apps that I hear a lot about. I personally don't use them. I know people that do. Like I said, I use something called Fluenz. You know, there's things like Rosetta Stone. You can certainly also think about... You know, if you find a language class maybe near you, that would be a good way to kind of prepare yourself for travel. The other thing is that the Google Translate app is really good because you can kind of use that on the fly. 
So if you can't find the word or, you know, maybe you can put a partial sentence together, but you're like, oh, I don't know the word for, you know, whatever. Then you can start typing it in or even, you know, talk to text, put it in. It will translate it into the language and then you can even hear it and you can play it for the person if you think that you can't pronounce it correctly. So using an app, um, maybe you want, maybe you're kind of old school and you want kind of a a little book to have with you. That's fine too. Uh, The Lonely Planet guides usually have, they've always kind of had nice little books that are very helpful and have a lot of useful terminology for travel. So whatever works for you. So learn some of the words and then have your crutch, if you will, with you, like having the app or some sort of like, you know, little phrase book or something like that with you so that if you need help while you're traveling and you don't know some of the words, then you've got your your tool there that you can use. Okay. Just had a little sip of my gin and tonic. <laughs> All right. So what tip number are we on? So those are so that was sort of like two and three. Uh, two was to learn uh, some of the words and three was to have an app or a phrase book. All right. So I guess this is tip number four. This one always makes me laugh. <laughs> Be sure to speak a little slower, but you don't need to speak louder. <laughs> I, I've like actually witnessed this. And probably some of you have as well, where somebody is trying to get their point across and, you know, there's a language barrier and they're just talking loudly. The person that you're trying to communicate with is not deaf, more than likely. (laughs) So, So speaking louder does not help. You need to just speak slower. You may come across people that know a little bit of English and they may be able to pick up some of the words. Just speak a little slower. Speak very, very clearly. I have, (laughs) I went to Catholic schools. I went to parochial schools, um, grades one through 12. So in high school, my, uh, my ninth grade English teacher was a little nun and her name was Sister Eleanor. And Sister Eleanor always would say to us, and it was an all girls school. So to say to us girls, enunciate your words. And it it's something that has always stuck with me. I can actually picture her saying that to us. She wanted to encourage us to speak very clearly. So that's something that I've found that when I am in other countries where I'm speaking with somebody who English is not their first language, that I speak very clearly. I avoid contractions. I avoid slang words. So you know, you might say, I'm going to go to Verona. You would say, I am going to Verona and speak very clearly. Keep your, your language really simple and concise. You know, use very basic language. Like I said, avoid those slang words because that confuses them. Like if they know a little bit of English, they may not, they may know some slang. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but more than likely they're going to know more grammatically correct sayings and words. So slow down, speak distinctly, speak clearly, use basic words, don't use those contractions and avoid your slang. And that will help to get, hopefully be able to get your message across. Maybe you're using a few words of, you know, of German or Italian or French in there as well. It may be that you're kind of combining some things, but sometimes that's what works. Okay, so tip number five, (laughs) this one always makes me laugh. 
You may need to use sort of exaggerated facial expressions and gestures, you know, like making like, oh, this is something like really bad and you're going to make like a really, you know, ugly face or something like that. You may have to, you know, just using like gestures like, oh, that was bad or that's good or, or, you know, whatever. It sounds really crazy. It's almost like you're playing charades sometimes, but sometimes that's the way you have to kind of get your point across, especially if you really don't speak any of the language and the person that you're trying to communicate with does not speak English. So, you know, <laughs> I know you're going to feel like a dork. They're probably going to be trying to do some some of the same things back to try to understand what you're saying. So you're all going to look like dorks. It doesn't matter. You're probably going to end up all laughing about it and it'll all be fine. And it's probably going to be one of the things that you'll be like, hey, remember when we met that that little old lady and we were trying to ask for directions or something like that? And you know what? Seriously, it'll probably end up being one of your favorite fondest travel memories. So don't be afraid to kind of use those exaggerated gestures and facial expressions. So that's tip number, what did I say? Four, five, one, two, three. That's tip number four. Sorry, just looking through my notes. So that's tip number four. So number five kind of dovetails from that is that you do need to be aware of using certain gestures. So there may be countries where, you know, certain sort of hand gestures might mean something different than what it means in, you know, the U.S. or Canada or Australia. So just be sure that you've maybe done a little bit of homework. A lot of times a good guidebook will tell you some of that, especially if you get some sort of language thing like, oh, you know, don't do a, don't do a, you know, a hook, something that looks like a, I'm going to do it like a hook em horns or something like that. That might mean something else in, you know, in uh, Bulgaria. So, you know, just be careful of what gestures you use. So it's always a good idea to do a little bit of homework first so that you don't offend anybody. I already mentioned that the older generation may not speak English. Sometimes they do, but usually you find that, you know, when you get into the younger ones, they're the ones that are going to be more likely to speak English. The last thing that I just want to say is that, you know, those are kind of some of the basic tips. I do think that having an app is super duper handy because if you do need to look something up at the last moment, you can. It's sometimes having, you know, some people like to have a book instead so they don't have to rely on their phone. Whatever works for you, that's what I would say. The other thing that I would just say is just have fun with it. You know, there, I'll admit that there have been a few times where I've been trying to communicate with somebody and I've kind of gotten a little frustrated by it. But then it's like, look, this is not the end of the world, you know, and you just kind of like, that's okay. That's just, that's part of traveling in another language. I think if you just remind yourself that this is part of traveling, make sure you have your patience with you, keep your sense of humor about it all. And remember that smiles, you know, smiling is universal. That's always that universal language of smiles and laughter. And I kind of feel like when we do run into some of those times where we do get frustrated, the next thing you know, you're just going to start laughing about it. So it usually ends up pretty well, doesn't it? The other thing I find is that a lot of times these moments become teaching and learning moments. Maybe you're learning, you know, a few new words in another language. Maybe you're able to teach them 
a couple of English words that they didn't know. So it's just when you can't communicate and you have to find that way, it's the same. That other person may be feeling just as frustrated as you are. So remember that. But it just becomes a moment of one of those travel memories. And I promise everything will be okay. Don't let yourself get too frustrated. Just keep your patience, keep your sense of humor. And remember, it's just part of traveling. Okay, I'm going to end up this quick little episode here and just say that I just want to remind everybody to go over to the Wonder Your Way website. There's lots of good information over there. You can find out all about the travel planning services from travel consultation calls to itinerary planning to full-on customized travel planning and even the little a la carte, which means I will help you with whatever you need help with. I've actually done a few of those lately. People that just need a little help with this, a little help with that, that's fine. Um, I'm happy to help you with as little or as much of your trip as you need help with. And yep, people are rolling in for 2024. So starting to see some people start to think ahead to next year and travel in 2024. The other thing you can do is you can sign up to the Wonder Your Way email list in which you will get just uh, one email a week from me. That's either the blog post or the podcast post. And then two other posts or two other posts, two other emails per month, the end of the month wrap up, which always comes out on the last day of the month and has kind of a recap of what was covered on the blog and the podcast for the previous month, as well as some interesting articles that have been out there. There's been a lot of uh, interesting articles lately, just you know, different destinations or travel tips, things like that. I try to put some some informational links in that uh, particular newsletter. And then in the middle of the month, around the 15th of the month, I usually send out something else. Sometimes it's uh, some sort of tip, some Sometimes it's, again, maybe an article I've come across that I think is really interesting. There may be something kind of newsworthy that's going on in the travel world, and I will share that with you or any other news that there might be coming from Wonder Your Way. So I hope you'll go over and sign up if you are not already on the email list. Love to have you as part of the Wonder Your Way family. And uh, what else? What else? Oh, don't forget, you can go over to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave a review. You know, I haven't looked to see if there's any reviews lately. Let's see if there are. Oh, gosh. Here's somebody. Uh, Amanda72222. Um, this is, yeah, this is recent, just from uh, about a week or so ago. The best travel podcast I found. Thank you, Amanda. Wow, that's awesome. I so, so appreciate the advice base plus narrative she offers in her podcast episodes. I'm planning my first major solo adventure to Europe, and it's been incredibly engaging and helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. What a great review. Um, I'm glad I went over and looked at that. <laughs> it's an awesome review. I appreciate it. Uh, so go over there and leave a review. That's that's great. It's always nice to get those and it does help to push Wonder Your Way up a little bit higher in the Apple echelon, especially over at Apple. So please go over and leave a review if you haven't already. I would love for you to do that. All right. I think we're just going to wrap that little episode up here. I just wanted to offer out some tips uh, because it's something that uh, this is kind of one of those podcasts I've been thinking about. Oh, I'd like to do one a podcast episode on this. And so there it is. Can check that off my list. Yeah, I think that's about it. As always, you can always hit me up, Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E, at wonderyourway.com, or go over to the Wonder Your Way website and fill out the contact form. And if you just want to chat about something about travel or tell me about some great travel plans you have coming up, I will always open up those emails and read them, and I will always 
reply. I love to hear from you. So until next time, bon voyage, bon viaggio. Happy travels. Bye.